Years ago, um, golly, too many years that I want, want to count. I used to work in a paper mill. Um, I worked at a place called Irving Tissue. It's in Fort Edward, New York. And if, uh, if you bought uh, paper towels or toilet paper or, or facial tissues from Top Supermarket in the late 1990s, I probably made it. So there you go. Um, but I was the electrical foreman at the mill, and uh, there was a guy who worked there. His name was Bill. And Bill was... Well, let me tell you what Bill was. So Bill, we had that, we, uh, he was the supervisor of one of the finishing areas. So one of the areas where they took the big rolls of paper and turned it into some product that you could use at your house. And we were buying a whole new production line, millions and millions of dollars of equipment that we were going to buy to make paper towels. And in fact, they had to build a whole new building to put it in. And they were buying this line from a company in Italy called Perini. And so the company decided to send a group of people over to Italy to make sure that this was the equipment we wanted and to learn how it worked. And so Bill was one of the people they sent to Italy. And so while they were in Italy, they were up somewhere like around Milan, the company Perini treated them like kings. They had them in nice hotels, they took them to nice restaurants, they really took care of them. But this is the kind of guy Bill was. They took him to one of the finest restaurants in Milan and they had fantastic food, seafood and risotto and wonderful Italian sort of cuisine. And Bill says, you call this Italian food? You come to my house, my wife, she can make you some good Italian food, some spaghetti and meatballs. And they said, Bill, it's, it's Italy. It's, it's by default Italian food. But that's the kind of guy Bill was. So anyway, we're having a meeting of all of the sort of the supervisors in the factory and, uh, uh, and the guy named Lenny, who was the lead mechanic, he needed to do some maintenance work in Bill's area. Bill's the production supervisor. And, and Bill's given a really hard time about allowing time to do this, this important maintenance. And, and Lenny is exasperated and he finally says, Bill, why are you giving me such a hard time about this? And Bill says, you want, to know, you want to know why I'm giving you a hard time? I tell you why. And he pulls out this notebook and he flips a couple pages and he goes, because on April the 17th, you told me to go blank myself. Bill kept a literal shit list. <laughs> and we each had a page. And when we would do something that annoyed Bill, he'd write it down. And if we did something that was okay by him, he'd cross one out. And so we always knew where you stood, somewhere negative with Bill. <coughs> and you know, Bill had a wife and he had kids and I'm sure they loved him and maybe he was a great husband and a great dad and he probably had a dog who thought the world of him. But in my experience, he was, he was small-minded and he was mean-spirited and he was self-centered and he was, he was a jerk. He was a jerk. But you know, I've been thinking, when, when we encounter this in a person like that, and you've probably all met someone, probably not someone who actually kept a list of everything you do that annoys them, but you've met people like that, right? But what really amazes me is the number of people I encounter who think that God basically works the exact same way. That God has some kind of like cosmic tabulation and every time you do something bad, you know, God writes it down. And if you do something good, you, God crosses it out. And at the end of the day, you take that whole thing in balance and, and hopefully you're, you're at least even, if not like a little bit ahead, right? And yet, 
when we encounter Jesus in the Gospels and when we encounter Jesus in our life, I, I don't think that you can anywhere fairly describe Jesus as a jerk. He, he is the complete opposite of that. He is sort of love embodied. He respects the dignity of, of every person he encounters. He sees them as an individual beloved of God and treats them that way. And, and, and we know that, that God, Jesus, the same thing. That Jesus is the perfect embodiment of God in human form. That we will never ever encounter God and know God better than in the way that we know Jesus. So I think we can fairly say that, that God is probably not a jerk. That God is, like Jesus, loving and merciful and kind. Now the problem with this idea of seeing God as sort of the great sort of tabulator of your crappiness in the cosmos is it, it kind of perverts the way that we approach our lives. And, and this would be a problem. And the reason I bring this up, this is kind of a roundabout way to get to this, but Tuesday, the 31st, is the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther launching the Protestant Reformation. The reason we aren't all Roman Catholic is because Martin Luther had some complaints about the church, 95 of them tabulated carefully, that he nailed on the door of a church in Germany on All Hallows' Eve. And from that, the whole Protestant Reformation rolls out and we become who we are. And one of Luther's primary complaints was that this it was built on this idea that God is somehow tabulating your good and your bad actions in this way, just like Bill did. Because what the church said is, look, we, we know you murdered somebody, which is terrible, but if you would give us, say, $10,000, we we'll scratch that off and we'll tell heaven that they don't need to count that. Right? They called it selling indulgences. And basically what you could do is, if you had done some terrible things that you felt guilty about, you could just pay some money and all those things would be washed away. And, and that is at the heart of Martin Luther's complaint. Interestingly enough, this past week we also celebrated the feast of St. James the Just. And now St. James is Jesus' brother. Right? Mary's his mom, Joseph's his dad, the whole works. It's his younger brother, clearly. And, and Joseph, or sorry, James, he wrote a book in the Bible called the Book of James. And this particular book is one that Martin Luther absolutely hated. He, he really urged the German church, the Lutherans, to just, actually just let's get rid of that book out of the Bible. Because... I don't like it very much. Clearly they didn't listen to him, but, but he really didn't like it. And the reason he didn't like it is because what James says is that faith without works, without doing stuff, is dead. Right? Because really where Martin was going is he said it doesn't matter what you do. It only matters what you believe. That's an oversimplification, of course. But what it basically said is, in, in, the, in, in the Lutheran idea, is that if we, if, we follow, if we say we love Jesus and we, we accept that he's the Son of God and that, that our salvation comes only from him, then we're good. But that kind of opens up the door to say that as long as I believe these things, it doesn't matter what other terrible things I do, I'm still good. 
And James is the exact opposite of that. He says, it doesn't really matter what you think about Jesus. If you're not doing good works, you're not really living the life that Jesus invites us into. You have to be doers of faith. And so, I, I, think, I think James is right. Right? That if, if our encounter with Jesus, if we look at the scriptures, if our encounter with Jesus does not some way change the way that we live our lives, if it doesn't cause us to seek to encounter others differently, then it's kind of a dead faith. That, that what Jesus invites us into is a new way of living, not a new set of ideas to think about. Jesus isn't an idea that we're called to, to hold in our heads. It's a way of life we're called to live out day by day. That what Jesus invites us into, and it's a free gift offered to everyone, is this idea that, that our lives can have meaning and purpose through seeing the dignity of others. That we go unafraid into the world. We don't worry about the mistakes we make so long as our first thought is, how do I love? That relationship matters. That the way we encounter others and see others. Because, you know, I, I'm not a perfect person. I'm far from a perfect person. I encounter people and I know that there are biases and prejudices there. I know that I hurt people's feelings. I know that I am occasionally unthinkingly cruel. But what Jesus says is there's not some great tabulation of, of your failings. But there's just an ever-present invitation to amend our lives and to live into Jesus' example. And that through the church we are offered that opportunity to sort of gather together to have our sins absolved and to be re-encouraged and re-strengthened and re-emboldened to try again to be the people Jesus calls us to be. Because I, I, I don't think that God is a jerk. I don't think God is, is writing down a list of every time you do something crappy and then scratching it out when you do something good. I don't think God is, is petty in that way. I think God is a, is a loving parent who wants the absolute best from you. Who wants you to thrive and to live into your potential. To love with your whole self. With your mind and your body and your spirit. And to see and love others the same way. The way that God loves them. We are called to be doers of faith, not just thinkers of faith. Amen.